live from Columbia, Missouri, this is The Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia, and welcome to another edition of the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Herring, and alongside me is Michael Imami and Logan France. It is the f- grand finale season, season seven of the Hot Corner. Three years ago, two, two, days, two days ago, three years ago, if this makes any sense to you in English, January 26, 2019 was the first ever edition of the show, three years ago, as we enter in our final semester of our senior uh, school year here at the University of Missouri, also known as Mizzou, if you're if you're from here. To those who are listening to the archive elsewhere, well, you 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 might know. <laughs> I would hope you know. <laughs> you might have heard of it. You might have heard of it. I'd be very disappointed if you did not. I'd hope you know. Okay. <laughs> Glad to see Michael's back. But we uh, we had some issues last week with getting into the station, and we got that all figured out. So this is technically our first episode of season seven or year. Three, if you want to call it that. I don't know. There's all kinds of different naming situations you can do. That's just up to your preference. Whatever flavor you like. <laughs> I, I like season seven. It sounds like we've been like a TV show that's been running for like multiple seasons. Let me tell you, they're, just... they're, they're grasping at straws to keep us going. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, you know, at the point where we're running out of ideas. We're running thin, but you know what? We're still going strong. We're, we're, we're the last season of Highlander. Everyone, <laughs> anyone who's watched that show knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Last season, not good. Not good. So we're out here. It's January 28, 2022, and we're just, you know, a hand, not even less than a handful of days, two days. Two days away from what some consider, well, I don't know how you can top last week's NFL you know, postseason. The, the divisional round was amazing, to say the least. As someone who only watched the Sunday games, well, I, I needed, that's all I need to see. It had a very amazing game, which I think really redeemed it. There was some um, not-so-great games mixed in there, but we'll, we'll get to all that. Yeah, we'll get to all that. So we're going to break down both the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship and, you know, go around the table as what we usually do on this show, pick who we think are going to win. And then next week, we're going to pick the Pro Bowl. We're going to break down the Pro Bowl in a special three-hour episode, diving into the history and the social impact of the Pro Bowl. You can catch that on ESPN+. Plus. All right. <laughs> so, guys, what did you guys think? Last week... I wasn't here. I didn't watch much of this. I watched the Saturday. I think I watched part of the Saturday night game. I think I was out in Springfield uh, last last weekend, so or last Saturday. So I didn't I didn't watch the Titans Bengals game. So, but we'll get to that kind of thing. So, what do you guys think? Last week was it the best weekend of football you've ever seen? I mean, the best weekend of football might be a stretch, but the best playoff game I've ever watched, definitely. I think, you know, it was full of action from start to finish and there was three lead changes and one tie in the final two minutes of that game like there was just every time you counted one side out of it the other side was like we're not done yet and then just completely you know turn the game on its head so I thought it was a great game full of action from start to finish we were looking at two young quarterbacks at the height of their powers and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just an all-around amazing game and like I said I think it was the best playoff game I've ever seen yeah every single game decided by one score you know, or less than three points, or less than six points, rather. It was it was incredible. And, and I go back to, you know, the Bills-Chiefs game and say what you want to say about Cincinnati-Tennessee. I thought it was a good game. 
Uh, Niners Packers wasn't fantastic, but Rams Buccaneers, you got Brady putting the button on the comeback and then Kansas City Chiefs with 13 seconds left. I don't know how the heck you do that. I'm not even sure what the heck you can do in 13 seconds. Two plays and a kick later and the game is tied. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And quite frankly, I thought the Bills had this game in the bag when Josh Allen threw that touchdown. But given a guy, given Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds and having 13 seconds be too much time, uh, that's just that's something out of this world. I have no idea what to even say about that. It's one of those situations, as as I as you guys know on the show, I like to convert things back to, I guess, ideology. I know, so it's like that game reminds me of some of the many you know games I played when I was head coach of University of Hawaii, yeah. out in NCAA 14, <laughs> where I had these massive games where I'd be down, I don't know, a lot of points, and I'd come back in the last two minutes, and you, that's what the game kind of reminded me of. There was no such thing as defense, so it was like you're watching a Big 12 game, no defense, and you know. Watching that and seeing, you know, you thought the Bills are going to win. I'm like, I was, I was celebrating. I was, contrary to being in the state of Missouri, I was rooting for the Bills because the Chiefs got their championship a few years ago, and I'd like to see the Bills actually win something because I kind of feel bad for them. You know, they had the 90s and they went to four straight Super Bowls, and well, you know the story. <sighs> and you've seen them, you know, lose another heartbreaker. It's like, are they ever going to get it? I don't, and at this rate, if they, depending on what they can do with that team and what Josh Allen does, I think Josh Allen's going to be there for a long, long, long time. I don't see him going anywhere. <laughs> it's like you're going to keep running into the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and that's going to be an issue. I think it's reasonable to wonder whether or not the window is closed. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, just simply because they're likely to lose offensive coordinator Brian Dable. It looks like he's going to the... Giants potentially. There's still a couple other places he could go, but Giants seem most likely. And like, I don't know if I want to go there anywhere. He wouldn't pay me enough money to go to. <laughs> I mean, it's the, a head coach. New Jersey Giants. It's the New Jersey Giants. It's a head coaching job, so he's gonna take it if it's offered. But it's it's tough because he's kind of the one that's you know made that offense what it is. And I think you know Josh Allen's a great player. I'm not taking that away from him. But when you lose a coordinator like Brian Dable, it can be hard to kind of keep that keep playing at that MVP level. And I just wonder how that's going to affect him moving forward. Obviously it matters who Sean McDermott brings in to be the next OC. That's gonna play a huge part too. But I think it's reasonable to wonder if the window might be closing a little bit for the Bills. It only opened a couple a couple years ago. Really last year was when it opened for them. And I think it might already be closing. It's just a tough situation and you know, you never know when you're going to be back in a position to go and grab a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think a lot of people, the question of both teams possessing the ball in overtime was really talked about this year. And it's a little bit ironic because two years ago, or three years ago, excuse me, it's it's actually been that long, back when Brady was with the Patriots, nobody was really talking about that two teams need to possess the ball. But now that the Chiefs lost, two team, they're now discussing two teams possess the ball. And it's the first time that uh, NFL Network, the blue check mark, actually came out and did an opinion poll. And majority of the people felt like Josh Allen should have had a chance at the ball. I feel Josh Allen was cheated personally. And I also feel like the Chiefs three years ago were cheated personally. I mean, you seriously mean to tell me that if Josh Allen had the ball first in that overtime game, you tell me that he wouldn't have been able to drive down the field and win the game? Gabriel Davis would have had his fifth touchdown. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. He already did that. He already did that with 13 seconds left. There was nothing that he needed to prove to me. So to me, I definitely think the Bills were a little bit slighted. Uh, overtime rules suck, but I'll tell you what, and this goes back to Pat's comment involving the Chiefs 
to me, the Buffalo Bills, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, they need to be the best team in football. And frankly, if they can't beat the Chiefs, then they're not the best team in football. And that's a big hump that a lot of these AFC teams need to overcome. It's not really fair because you have to go into Arrowhead Stadium where it's 22 degrees and fans I don't think are that, screaming at you. I don't think you. that really hurts Buffalo given that they play in the tundra <laughs> that is Buffalo. I'm, I'm not talking about Buffalo. I'm talking about everybody. Okay. I was going to say, if this is strictly no, 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 Buffalo, no, no, you're no, no. wrong. <laughs> Buffalo doesn't really care about the cold weather. But the fans are tough. The fans are tough there anyway because they're the loudest in football. And evidently, you have to stop Patrick Mahomes from winning, which is already hard enough to do. So I think that the Bills, and we all thought they'd take a step back this year. They actually took a step forward, in my eyes. They end up getting there, and they end up losing by six points in overtime. One of the most frustrating losses I've seen where I've been pulling for the Bills the entire time, and you really didn't have a you know, a, a hand in it or, or a say in it or whatever because you just wanted to see a good game, and it was certainly that. But to see Buffalo lose the way they did, eh, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, the only thing I was saying after the game, the only thing that would have made it better is if the Bills had a chance to go and drive down the right. field. And I think, you know, I've been, even when the Patriots won in the AFC Championship because of, you know, the coin toss in overtime, they won, scored, touchdown in the first drive. Right. I think it was fair to say, well, you know, why didn't you get, you know, the Chiefs offense on the field? If the test, we were talking to our um, one of our good friends about it after the game, and he said... If the point of the game is to determine who the best team is, then why are you not having both sides of each team on the field? Why are you not having exactly. you know your offense and defense take the field versus the other team's offense and defense? So, Patrick, I know what you're going to say. You were jumping at that mic. I, I, I want I wanted to mention. I, I contrary to what you're thinking, I was not going to head to my my whatever you want to call scheme. Your overtime proposal. Overtime it's just okay. more of I want to call out those who say you're. You need to have a good defense. It's that, it's that, it's those people. It's like, well, your defense should stop them. Like, all right. I, this is a situation I always tell people where it's like people who who agree with the taunting call. It's like, okay, all right, you're in overtime. You lose the coin toss and you lose. Are you going to be like, oh, our defense should have stopped them? I'm fine with not getting the ball. And I bet you a good 94% of 95% will say, well, that's crap. These overtime rules are horrible. And the other half, the small portion that I would consider crazy people, would say, oh, our defense should have stopped them and be fine with losing. It's like, it's hypocrisy. That's what I think it is. Yeah, the way I always contextualize it is we've seen so many rules over the years be kind of modified or chained to favor the offense. I think one of the biggest examples is the roughing the passer rule where they've kind of cracked down on, you know, how you're able to hit a quarterback and this, that, and the other. And, you know, say what you want about those rules, whether but you agree with them catch? or not. What is a catch? That's another one that was <laughs> yeah. modified to, you know, make it more um, easier on the offense. So, like, if we have all these rule changes coming in that, make it, you know, a more offensive gear games and you're seeing teams build their rosters and their personnel and their coaching staff on the idea of a good offense, but then suddenly overtime comes and if you lose the coin toss, you're expected to play defense. And, you know, I'm not going to discount you have to be good in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. But you included the other, the the, the less talked about section. Oh, you know me. I love NFL kickers. I'm I'm going to give special teams its due. But you need to play good in all three phases. I get that. But when the rules are geared specifically to favor the offense, I'm going to want my offense to be on the field at least once in overtime. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And. I, I, again, I, I, I try not to read. I don't, I don't want to be salty about it. I'm not, I'm, you know, as I said, I didn't really have a huge hand in that game. I wasn't pulling for the Bills like you guys were completely. I didn't really care who won personally. But I'll tell you what, 
and th- this comes from my my the slew of Facebook posts that I've seen from the old guys saying, "Well, the defense should have played better," as you were saying, Patrick. It's a lot of these yes, old it's, school it's, it's guys. A, I'm just like, you know what? That's not how the game works. Like, there's a reason why. First off, the the minute the coin toss happens, sudden death overtime. I at least understood. But this is not sudden death overtime. This is ridiculous. Sudden death overtime, as bad as it was, you want to edit the sudden death overtime and make the game more fair? You didn't do that. I'm telling you. The solution is quite simple. You split the field in half. Stupidest idea I've ever heard. This actually might be worse than the the original idea. Offense on one end, offense on the other, back to back. Jesus Christ. Defense, defense. Whoever scores first wins. Now you might ask, Patrick, what happens if the other team throws interception? Well, I've thought about this out. I have really considered this plan. Judas Priest. If I mean. you if you throw an interception on one Sorry, end, Lord. the play stops. And then you have to see, you have to wait until the other team's done with its four downs. Or if they score. So technically your defense gets to stop, now your offense has to score. And then if they don't score, it's I, I want to throw another rule in there that it has to be touchdowns only given that you're on the short field. You have to score a touchdown. Field goals are not working. Uh-uh. Not in this world. So you have to wait and see if the other team does with their four downs. If they don't score, you go on. You switch again and you go off. What if both teams score at the same time? Um, hmm, That's a good question, Michael. Good question. Let me think for a second here. If both teams score at the same time, uh, there will be a... I see. I wanted to go XFL rules of the of the ball toss, where you both run after it. Whoever gets it first gets the ball. See, that's a but good that's idea. Not, that's not what I'm going with. If both teams score at the same time, you ha- it goes down to photo finish, and you see you 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 have a camera set up. Whoever crosses first would win. It's gonna be Brilliant. like horse racing, where you're like it might kind be of that. modifying the you're, you're looking at the camera to figure out who. Or you know. what you do, you go to kicker sudden death. I mean, you know I'd be in full support. He goes, you start at 30, 40, 50, 55, and then whoever misses, 60 is the end. I think if penalty both, kicks and if you both get the, If you both get the 60, then it's a tie, and you both make it. If you, then you, I don't think you can really kick from any farther else. You're not Tucker. Hey, Justin Tucker not, made one from not, 66. Not everyone is Justin Tucker. Not everyone's Justin Tucker, but he made one. He showed it's possible. But given that, would you rather have the NFL rules, which in my opinion are the worst ever, or my brain scheme, 3 a.m. You know, thought I had one night two years ago. I feel like there would be a lot of problems regardless of where we go. I like which the idea one, of the kickers. Which one sounds more fun? Penalty kicks. You're gonna say penalty kicks <laughs> penalty are more fun kicks. than my 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 scheme here. Hey, no, guys. I'm saying the idea of the kickers going at it. I just want to have that. We don't need the offense, defense, <laughs> offense, defense on the field. I want just kickers uh, the you entire need. overtime. Offense, defense, offense, defense on the field. No, it hey comes guys, down to the kicker. People should we want, talk about the AFC Championship? After, we'll, we'll do it after a break. <laughs> Everyone wants to talk about entertainment in, in, in football. It's the most entertaining sport, whether you believe in it or not. I'm a big college football fan, baseball fan. Now, that's like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, com, you know, in terms of entertainment. But people want entertainment. You're seriously going to tell me that Justin Tucker draining offense, a 68-yarder to The only end person overtime? who's going to get excited about that is Logan. <laughs> I'm going to get excited about it. That's sad. Listen, I love, I love You're some sad. good kickers. I'll own that. But I'm telling you, you want entertainment. I want entertainment. Offense, offense, defense, defense, whoever scores first wins. And that is, and you can't say I'm not giving both teams a chance. They're both getting chances. You've got to play both sides of the ball. <laughs> Why is he right? See? There you go. He Why gets he it. Right? He gets it. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of logistic it. issues with having 
all these players take the field at once. I would much rather just have a regular overtime period where both teams are given a chance to go on offense. As long Somehow, as, as long still as better it, than the crummy overtime idea the NFL has. As long as it Somehow. does not go down to alternating two-point conversions, because <sighs> at NCAA, you had it perfect before, and then you got you know abominations like Penn State, Illinois. Oh, my God. The sickos game of the year. the college rules in the NFL. It's not that hard. Not that hard. All right, we're going to take a short break. We come back, we're going to break down the AFC Championship. All this and more on the Hot Corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. If you're interested in building a great career, the Missouri Army National Guard is interested in you. The Guard will pay you to train for a wide range of jobs, such as engineering, combat arms, logistics, transportation, and military police. The skills you'll learn are needed in the Guard and are in high demand in the civilian job market. Plus, you may be eligible for a $20,000 bonus and student loan repayment. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard, aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. a good one this weekend, aren't we? We have Joe Burrow, also known as Joe Burr, who has not Joe lost Burr. a single playoff game in his college career and his NFL career so far. Does the streak continue? Well, we'll have to wait till Sunday to find out. Tonight at 10. <laughs> Tonight at 10. <laughs> so, Chiefs, Bengals, David Goliath. David. I did. If you're in the studio, I measured my hands the wrong way when I did the <laughs> David Goliath battle. But you might say, well, the Bengals did beat the Chiefs. It still it doesn't matter. It's still the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs who's thrown one pick. One pick. So whether you want to say there's a big difference, there's a big difference when it comes to playoffs. But, um, hey. How many years straight are we going to use David Goliath in a me, conference championship say, game? It's you can't say it about the Niners Rams. It's a little. Di- I'm saying it because of the Bengals and their history. You know, you look back. When was the last time they made it on the AFC Championship? I wasn't alive. You weren't alive, Michael. I hope you weren't alive. I was <laughs> alive actually. I've been around for five hundred thousand years. I guess that's right. He, he, he's he, he's the one who uh, took took the spirit of Jesus. So he's forced to walk. Yeah, the I had for dinner the with Jesus, life. guys. Come on. Anyways, none of us were alive at the last one. And all no, the Chiefs we one, we all were here. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we did the same thing when it was Patriots Chiefs though, or when it was like Jaguar Steelers see, a few years ago. Well, like, like, here's here's the th- but those make sense at the time. They do all make time, sense at the time when it was Chiefs 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 <laughs> Patriots. Brady was the king of the AFC. Now it's Patrick Mahomes is the king of the AFC. Mm-hmm. So you can both be a David and a Goliath in your time as an NFL player. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just I feel like we do this well, one narrative other, every year. Give me I'm another a little tired. Give me another analogy. I'm just getting tired no, no, of it. I, I want to know another analogy. The small we don't guy need an analogy. The big guy. Thanks, we don't Michael. need That's an analogy. Much David versus. <laughs> it's an AFC Championship game with two great teams in it. That's all we really need. You know, I just think it's so ironic that it's going to come down to Patrick Mahomes freaking again, again, 
again, again. in the AFC Championship game. But, you know, say what you want to say. I, it's going to be a hard win for Cincinnati either way, but I'll tell you what. I, I got my man. You know, whatever you want to call him, Joe Cool, Joe Smooth, Joe Mama, whatever it is. <laughs> Joe Shasty. Whatever it is. Whatever it is you have to say about Joe Burr, he's the type of guy that's going to come out there and is going to – I believe he will throw a 400-yard game. I believe he has the capabilities to do that. I think he's going to run rampant all over that Chiefs defense – but it's going to come down to the Bengals' defense. What can they do? Can they make a stop? Can they make a stop right now, Q Van Halen? Can, can they, they make a stop? Can they stop Hill and Kelsey? Exactly. And he, that's the hard part. That's the hard. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is it's one thing if the team has one player. If they have one. If it was just Hill, okay, you can, might be able to double team him, and then you you know you deal with the impact of that later. If you double team Hill, then Kelsey's open. If you double team Kelsey, Hill's open. If you double team both, well, then everyone else is open. So you just—it depends on what you what you can do with that. Yeah, find some guy off the practice squad they just elevated in the game that'll make the game winning catch. It doesn't matter who's open or how they're. It doesn't matter if you cover Kelsey and Hill. The the Mahomes is going to throw to some no name tight end to win the game anyway. It doesn't matter. There there's going there's a Kansas City has this ridiculous way of winning games where it's like seriously. I mean, 13 seconds wasn't enough. It wasn't enough time. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I know we were talking about that last segment, but I mean, good Lord. I mean, how is that even possible? I've never seen that. They can be I've you. never seen that once in my life. I've been watching football for 22 years. I've never seen a quarterback win a game you, with you, 13 you came seconds. Out of the, you came out of the womb watching football? He was watching it from the very I beginning. I was watching son, it the, the second I came out of, uh, out of the womb. I was I, watching it. <laughs> Ridiculous. I wanted to make a point here because we're giving the Chiefs a lot of love and rightfully so. They are very. Hey, we got a fact checker outside. Can you do me a favor? Can you check that? Has there been 13 seconds? I'm talking to a wall right now. By you the are. Way. You're talking yeah. to a window. Yeah, but but anyways, can I can I can I go on, Michael? Do I have your permission now? No, go ahead. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to look this up because I've got okay. to see. Was that the quickest? Go ahead. It might be. It might be. It's definitely a contender. I feel like. But anyways. I feel we've been giving the Chiefs a lot of love and rightfully so, but I think the Bengals deserve some too. I mean, they've got so many weapons they can beat you with on offense too. Jamar Chase, who by the way, needs 18 yards in this game to break the record for most receiving yards by a rookie in a single postseason. He has 225. Tory Holt currently is 242, is the record. So he only needs 18 yards to beat that. He's had a terrific season, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They can beat you with so many ways through the year too and I think it's a it's a great offense the thing that I'm worried about in terms of the Bengals you mentioned the defense can they get a stop I think it's the offensive line Joe Burrow was sacked nine times against the Titans count it nine times nine times if you want to bring the Ferris Bueller's Day Off reference into it nine times so they need to tighten up that offensive line play and I mean the Chiefs pass rush isn't great but they have Chris Jones who can beat you they have Frank Clark who can beat you so you need to be able to stop those guys, and you need to keep Burrow on his feet if you want a chance to win this game. That's what, yeah, that's what it really comes down to. It's, and you've seen it. There's been so many, you know, jokes on Twitter, videos on Twitter showing Joe, showing someone getting annihilated every five seconds, like Joe Burrow behind the line. It's like three seconds to throw. It's, it's, it's FCS Northwest or uh, or uh, what's the team I'm looking FCS for? FCS East. Yeah, the FCS these hollers. 
I don't think that's the right name for him in NCAA. Going up against Alabama, the and it's Spitfires, like is that one of them? I don't know. It's like it's, you're going against Alabama, and it's like you have two seconds to throw. You better read the field fast enough. Now, granted, I don't know what the average amount of time that a quarterback has to throw. I'm assuming it's probably like four seconds. Yeah, ideally, you want to throw that ball in four seconds. If you're holding onto the ball four seconds, you're holding onto the ball too long. Now he's going to have like two seconds, so his mind's going to work overtime because his whole line is non-existent at times. So it's definitely something you want to keep an eye out for. As I'm going through through my notes, I would say the biggest thing about this Bengals defense was that they tra- they stopped the Tractor Cito. That was the big thing. Now, granted, the Chiefs aren't exactly a running team, so yeah. I don't know where that's really going to help. I them. think Henry also struggled with the you know metal plate in his foot, but you can um you can read into that however you want. I thought Dante Foreman ran a lot better than he did, but. I don't even know how you even beat the Chiefs. I mean, I, I, I just <laughs> Michael just sounds defeated at this I, point. I, 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 I'm serious. Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I like it's ridiculous. Like, I have no idea. I mean, how? Again, I, I keep bringing this up, and I know I'm repetitive, and I know I'm annoying to our listeners right now, to all you Chiefs fans out there, the millions of people listening right now. But I mean, how the heck is 13 seconds too much time? I I don't understand it. It's, it doesn't it's, make it's, sense. It's the age old thing. And I'll, here comes another. You can count this. You can count how many times. Or since we're all 21 in this room, you can take a shot every single time I mention NCAA 14. But here we go again, going back to the well for this one. You look at it, and I've beaten players. I've beaten Logan multiple times. I beat my brother multiple times. So you really needed to. So you understand. Yes, I need to. I need to. You need to bring up me. I need a name drop. It's fun, and where it's been seven seconds left, and I win. But I think it's it's all about what you do with the small amount of time that you do. You have. I've consulted the experts at Google. Uh, they have not gotten back to me with a definitive answer. I'm still not sure if that is the quickest game tying drive in NFL history. What I can be certain of is this. It is the quickest game-tying drive I've ever seen in my lifetime uh, because I don't remember being that stunned. When I, I can just tell you this, Cincinnati has got to come in there, and when they get into Kansas City, there's going to be two things that need to happen. The first is they can't take a break all night. They can't, have, they can't make a single mistake the entire night. And number two, I'm going to expect from the moment the game-opening coin toss happens that the Kansas City Chiefs are never, ever, ever out of that game, whether they're down by three scores, four scores, five scores. We've seen it before. We've seen the Chiefs down 28 to nothing against Deshaun Watson, and it took Mahomes literally one quarter to take the lead. Yeah, I mean, I you know, like, there's nothing that you can do off the top of my head that's going to prevent this Chiefs team from winning the game on Sunday. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The way I worded it, in my, worded it in my notes is that the Chiefs looked like they were ready to send a heat-seeking missile through anyone in their way yeah. on Sunday. And I think that's exactly what it is. They look ready to take on this Bengals team, and I hope the Bengals team is ready for them because it's it, it won't be We know be the easy. Chiefs are ready for them. We didn't need to see anything more than we already did last week. Uh-huh. So, as God. usual with our football talk, we're going to go around the table. Chiefs are a seven-point favorite. This one. So, I'm going against the grain. Give me Joe Burr and the Bengals in this one. Close win. They beat him once. They can beat him twice. Yeah, I hate to do this. I just I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm going to go with Kansas City by two scores, 14 points. I said last week, not on the show, but just 
to you guys last week. I felt like whoever won the Bills-Chiefs game was going to win the AFC, and watching that game just solidified that for me, so I'm going with the Chiefs as well. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, the NFC Championship. Heading out west to the questionably state of California, whether you want to say it's great or not, it's totally up to you. We're going to talk about Niners and Rams. All this more on the Hot Corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. Oh, what I would give to have the weather that they have out in California right now. That's for sure. A nice 21 degrees to wake up to, and it feels like temperature of 6. Walking out in the cold to the state, to the studio. That's pain. Just (laughs) layers up. I have three layers on right now for my shirt, hoodie, and jacket. All right, well, some people didn't expect this matchup. I can tell you I didn't expect this matchup because I expected my most hated team in all of sports to be here playing against the Rams, I think. That's what I had written. I in had my... Niners Bucks as my pick. No, that's never mind. I had I had Packers Bucks in my NFC championship. Yeah, but we have it. Niners, Rams, San Francisco, or is it, what, what is it what area is the stadium actually in? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Isn't it are you talking about the 49ers or the Rams? Niners. Oh, okay. Never mind. I Santa Clara and the Rams of Inglewood. Inglewood, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be more specific. The Inglewood Rams. Battle of, really, uh, do I do I want to throw the word hated rivals out there? Because there, there was some pettiness going on here in the beginning. If, you, if you've been following the story along, the Rams first only allowed tickets to be sold to people in the L.A. area. And then, because they expected the Niners to be there, I guess. that's what, I guess that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was during the game, I believe. The yeah. uh, divisional round. And they're like, wait, 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 hold on here. So you guys are scared of the Niners fans coming in because, you know, the Rams have not been in L.A. for a bit? Yeah, it's a tactic hockey teams use where they try to keep teams out of their arena in the playoffs. I think it's a little different when it's one game in the NFL, which, you know, makes it kind of like I feel like maybe you shouldn't be able to do this, but regardless, it, it is what it is. Well, but, I'll tell you what. The, the San Francisco plays in California, too, and I bet you but the other thing is is – I think the last time that the 49ers came in and played in L.A., it was almost embarrassing because I think you, when you had Matt Stafford taking snaps and having to basically go out of his cadence and go into the silent count uh, at home, whenever that happens, it's humiliating. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, as, as a lifelong Washington fan, I've seen it happen 
as an honest Washington fan. There, there was sword I was looking for. I was, I've seen it so many times where Philadelphia fans, they come in the stadium, it's filled with green, and whether it be Kirk Cousins, whether it be Taylor Heineke, whether it be Dwayne Haskins, whether it be Alex Smith, takes a snap, and the crowd is loud as hell. I mean, it's like, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's, it's humiliating. So, yeah, teams will try and do that, especially when your division rival, your opponent, is also from the same state you're in. And I bet you there are a lot of Niner fans in Los Angeles. I was going to say, like, you're so keeping tickets you know, from being sold outside the L.A. area, but I'm sure there are plenty of Niners fans in Los Angeles. And it's going to be interesting to see if they, how, you know, how they, um I say travel. It's not a huge distance to travel, but it's going to be interesting uh, to see uh, how they. San Francisco to L.A. is a big. It's, what, is, two hours? I mean, um, I would say it's more than that. So I mean, I don't know. It's I the feel northern like... part of the state to the southern part of the state. And California is pretty long. You, yeah, so, my my so point was that I feel like boy here. So I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take actually look up how long this Consulting the experts is, so. at Google. My my Continue. point was that I feel like there are San, um, 49ers fans all over the state that will travel to L.A. to make it to this game. Is it really five hours? Five, six five hours and, half, and six sixteen hours. minutes if you take the I five. I did not think it was that long. I mean, I know it's like you know north. South and they're kind of far away, but I did not think they were that far hey, away. It's L.A., so you got to deal with traffic. So we all know. Give an hour and a half there. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want to walk, one hundred and forty-two hours. So biking, you're looking at forty-three hours. Less than two days if you bike it. Non-stop. Subway. Well, if you want to take the train, it's ten hours. Okay. Anyway, right, just ignore what he's saying at this point. Yeah, but I think that. You guys want a road trip to L.A.? I'm going. This really feels like two offenses to me that have been kind of. Standing throughout the playoffs, and I know it's weird to say that because you know the Rams came in and blew the doors off the Cardinals in the wild card weekend. So, but it felt like their offense just kind of felt, not not in that game, but especially in the end of the game against the Bucks, it feels like their offense really started to struggle. I mean, Cam Akers has two point five yards per carry through the playoffs. It's clear he's just not ready to be back yet. He hasn't looked as efficient as he normally is. He fumbled twice. Like I, I don't know. It just feels like two very sloppy. I don't know offenses if I would say right sloppy off. I'll give you the Tampa Bay game. They struggled a little bit, but when they got hot, they were really good. So I don't know if I'd say it. They're stagnant. I would say they have some they're time. Streaky. They're, yes, that's the. I say that's the better word, because you look at the Cardinals games. That's. I mean, that game. Depending on what you believe in the expanding of the playoffs. If that should have happened or not is, I mean, they were the sixth. They were like the fifth seed, regardless. Arizona never mind. had every right. Never mind. I was a little conflicted here with my seating because seating in the NFL is really confusing, especially after the wild card. Problems. Yeah, they were second in the division at like twelve and four, and they were a wild card or twelve and five. I'm sorry, and they were a wild card team. It's like, it's it's weird. And but. Arizona had previously beaten Dallas. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they had. Like, they were a really good team that just kind of, but you I, know, completely. I didn't see enough. I, I just, it, you know, you, you got a team like you just is like it's it's over. It's over with. Like I, I was like, what? Why is it one and done for Kyler Murray? All year we have we had seen him dominate, and like he screws up one game, and it's just like it's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. I just, I was so dissatisfied. Yeah, he just he. <clears throat> You know, he faltered in the worst of situations. Some Awful. people, the stage is made for some of those people, and sometimes it's. Sometimes you just falter. You just falter. And that was that was the case with the Cardinals. But here's the thing, and this is another point that I want to bring up. I want to talk about seven seeds and, and, and how everybody was 
<clears throat> was sick of it. We haven't had a single competitive, single competitive, competitive seven seed game in its existence. Now, we had granted, one. It's only been not really Colts Bills last year. That was okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. That one was competitive. That one came down to the final drive. Well, there haven't been any wins. Yeah. But have there only been one competitive game in its entire history? And Colts-Bills, I mean, seeding-wise, both were pretty good teams last year, though, I will say. Yeah, the Phillip Rivers Colts didn't yeah, they really— were, they weren't as bad. They um, didn't really inspire me much, but they were a decent enough team. They were like 10-6, and six, weren't they? They had a solid record. They were something like that. I don't remember exactly. I but... just remember the AFC being super competitive last year. Mm-hmm. But— this year, it was ridiculous. Like, Philadelphia-Tampa? I mean, seriously? What the heck was that? Yeah, they just—the uh, like, Eagles I, did not feel like a playoff team to me. Now, I know I'm only picking on Philadelphia here, and, and you could say, oh, I'm biased, but, like, I can't remember Which the you AFC are. team. No, I am. But I can't remember the AFC team in there. I can't I can't remember the AFC 7C. Let me look it up real quick. They were that Steelers, forgettable. Chiefs. That's Steelers, right, Steelers, Chiefs. Third and 30. That's all I remember from that game. <laughs> that's all I remember. It's that. That's it. Yeah. 42 no, to 21. And, like, obviously a four-game sample size is, you know, a small one. But I think I just don't see a scenario where a seven seed is, you know, even you look back at who would have been the seventh seed in, you right. know, years prior. And I just don't see many teams that really felt like they would be competitive. I mean, obviously we know why the NFL did it. It's more money, more teams, more money. But it just— it, There's stupid reasons. It just feels very— you know, it just feels like it's not a you're putting out more games, but it's not really a you know watchable product. It feels like to me, team that brings in or a, a league that brings in more revenue than any other sports league in the world. They're always going to be looking for more money. I, I, I think to I'm going to bring us stupid for more money. I'm going to bring us back on topic here because we're running out of time. When it comes to this game, it's about. Defense again. We we talk about defense a lot. Now the Niners have a good front seven, and then you look at their secondary, and it's like, well, uh, uh, can um, I get a? Can I get a uh, nine and a half sacks? This team has in the postseason. That's two games, nine and a half sacks for the 49ers. So I mean, they'll they'll kill you up front. Yeah, Bosa will obliterate you. Big mm-hmm. old Bosa, yeah. <laughs> Big old Bosa will obliterate you. But it comes to the Rams, and you're like, look at this. One, the Niners have to stop Cooper Cobb. Which, you know, no one has done at all pretty much this entire season. And it's all triple crown and winner, Cooper Cup. If Coop, if Cup's not all that great, you have Odell Beckham Jr. out there, too, who can carry the load as well. So it's another situation of who do you double team? Mm-hmm. And then you also have, <clears throat> excuse me, kicker Matt Gay, who is terrific. He's great. Uh, but th- that's the thing. It's like I never thought we'd have punter talk here. Well, no. Kicker talk. Kicker, kicker. kicker talk. Oh, it's, it's, it's Johnny Hecker is the punter. Yeah. It's, it's surprising to me too. that he's not bringing but, um, that's that thing. I'm not the one bringing up kickers. But here's but. the thing. Here's the thing. I'm a freak about this. Like we know. Is. But the thing is, is it's the Rams. Our love for kickers. The, Ra- the Rams. I'm giving Logan a, a good shake right there. <laughs> the, the, the Rams can beat you pretty much with every facet of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. They're a very complete team. Now, if I see what I saw against Tampa Bay again like like last week, I'm going to be my eyes are going to roll all the way back in my head. But I think right now is is like there's not a single part of the Rams that I see that is less dominant at this moment. I don't. I think the offense is better, I think the defense is better, I think the special teams is better, and I think when it comes down to like a 55-yard field goal, I think Matt Gay is able to put it in there and Robbie Gold's great. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. But 
Kicking and punting to me are important. I just think the Rams have the slight edge on special teams with regards to that. Yeah, I might say that, but also I think like you saw the blocked punt last week by the Niners, which was their only touchdown of the game, and that was what put them over the edge. So I think it well it put it tied the game, but regardless, you get what I mean. Yeah. So I think that I don't know. This is a team that's had the Rams number for years. The past three years, they're six and zero against them. Obviously, the playoffs can be a different thing, and you know, playing a team three times in a year, you know, you know each other pretty well at this point. So anything can happen. But I don't know. I I feel like there's there's something there. I just feel I. On offense for the Niners, they've been stagnant this postseason. They actually have been stagnant. But Debo Samuel, 5.6 yards per carry on the ground, and he's a great receiver too. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife type. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan kind of schemes that up and you know gets the ball in his hands because he is the best player on that team right now. So we're going to go around the table. I have one more comment to make when I do my pick. I'm going to go with the Rams, who are a 3.5-point favorite in here, according to Vegas, if you follow that stuff at all. But I think it's going to come down to one big key thing is who's going to try to act cuter with the playbook. Both teams, both guys, Shanahan and McVay, are two guys, in my opinion, feel like they're the smartest guys in the room. And McVay might try to get cute and get a play that hurts them, fumbles it, inter- throws an inter- interception, is a completely unnecessary interception. And the same could go with Shanahan as well. They could try to get fancy with the play calling and try to outsmart each other. In reality, they're just outdumbing their each-, each other, and whoever is the less dumb coach will win. McVay, you know, you might people might look at me and say, you know, McVay has a history of being trying to be the smartest guy in the room, which he does. But I think this is the time he actually gets it right, and I have the Rams winning this one. I'm going to have the Rams winning this one as well. As I, as I said, it just goes back to my point. I just think LA is is just the more complete team in this scenario. I know the Niners have won the last the last couple, um, and I think LA and and I, I am pulling for San Francisco in this game, um, but I just think that. LA is just the more complete team and and they're the home team. I just, I cannot pick against them here. I just seeing the utter collapse in the fourth quarter by the Rams, all the fumbles, all the turnovers, there's something that's off about it to me. And I feel like if, you know, if you're not building a 28 to 10 lead or what have you, those turnovers can be a lot more costly than they were. They Got they got ahead early, credit to them against the Bucks, but it felt like they were almost trying to give that game away with how many times they turned the ball over, gave it back to Tom Brady, and I don't know, it just leaves a weird taste in my mouth. And for that reason, I'm going with the 49ers in this one. I'll be on the island here. All right, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, steroid players in your Hall of Fame? It's more likely than you think. All this and more on Hot Corner on KCU 81 FM and KCU.FM. What does your smile say about you? Are you happy? Confident? Friendly? Getting and keeping that smile takes work. Proper brushing and flossing daily and drinking fluoridated water. Fluoridated water has been in use for 75 years and is considered the most safe, equitable, and cost-effective way to prevent tooth decay. A healthy smile means a healthy person and a healthy community. For more information, visit health.mo.gov. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals, delivering food, supplies, and medicine, keeping communities safe, making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. 
If you follow the world of baseball, especially the Major League Baseball, because there's other ones out there as well, you know about the steroid era of the 1990s and the early 2000s. Most of those players, if not all of them, have been on the ballot of the Hall of Fame ballot the last, you know, eight to ten years. I believe it's, Michael, you can you can fact check me on this if I'm correct. Yeah. Is it ten years in the ballot or eight? I believe it is ten. Let me check. Let me let me be that that fact. I know it's. Man. I believe it's six four years after your last game is when you're able to get on the ballot. Okay. Hall Figure of Fame. out from the fine fine um people are, are, at Google. The fine experts at Google. As but he's been saying. As Michael's been searching this up, the MLB announced their Hall of Fame uh, inductees or inductee, and it being a somewhat controversial figure, especially for me, because I like the guy, but at the same time, he got caught, and that's. David Ortiz. David Ortiz of Red Sox fame, and if you want to go back in time of Twins fame of a little bit, back in the 90s, he got caught with steroids. So according to Baseball.org, it is players who are eligible have played 10 seasons of Major League Baseball and have been retired from four, five full seasons. For example, the players eligible for consideration in the 2023 class will have played their final game in 2017, and those players eligible six for years. consideration. It's six years. They say five because they're years. idiots okay. and they can't do math at right. baseball.org. So, just kidding. Due to sure the smart. way of the ballot goes, players such as Roger Clemens, who has the most Cy Youngs in all of baseball history, yeah, Barry Bonds, who, in my opinion, unofficially has the the uh, home run title, Mark McGuire, who was a big, huge hitter of the '90s and late '80s, yeah, you, I can keep naming a lot more players as well, have all been left off the ballots. Who are now entered, you know, didn't receive the necessary votes to stay on. In the case of Clemens and Bonds, went to full 10 years on the ballot, did not get the 75% or above to get into the playoffs. I mean, to get into the uh, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What's gotten me a little angry is all these people saying it's time to look past it. Right. Because you look at the history of baseball, everyone, there's a whole. Th- you know, as a former not professional player, but as a former baseball player, it's a certain stigma or a certain thing you're taught early on about integrity. Everyone, nobody likes a cheater in baseball. You get ostracized. If you get caught with pine tar on your hat, you immediately get made fun of forever. No one ever forgets that stuff. You get caught with steroids, you're going to be known as a roid player for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how many years you're clean. You're always going to be under thrown and under that, that yeah. roof of suspicion. <clears throat> Players like Matt Kemp, who got caught, Ryan Braun, who was notoriously bad with steroids or PEDs and testosterone, whatever one you want to use, whatever flavor you're going to use in here. For people to just look over, now I will say there's some hypocrisy in this. Same voters that voted David Ortiz in did not vote Yeah, that Bonds. was ridiculous. If you're going to stand by the idea that no steroid players should be in the Hall of Fame, you cannot vote any of them in. Now I- You can't pick and choose. I love David Ortiz. Great guy. He's a big guy for the Dominican Republic. What he's done to give back to the community is, you know, uncomparable. Yeah. But he got caught cheating. Whether yeah. or not he was on it at the end, he led the league in slugging percentage, I believe, or OPS plus in his 40th when he was 40 years old. Yeah. Whether or not you think there's some roids in that category, and I'm pretty sure he's probably getting tested all the time at that point because yeah. no one 40 should be leading the league in any category. If you got caught once or twice, you shouldn't even be in consideration. Yeah. So here, here's a breakdown here. And and Barry Bonds, I think everybody was happy to see off the ballot because Bonds is a jerk. 
He's an absolute jerk. I've never met the man. I've heard awful things about him from every single journalist I've spoken to who has met him. Uh, I was happy to not see him get in. I think he got what he deserved. Uh, I was not happy when I saw Poppy or Ortiz or whatever you want to call him get in. This goes back to the statement that Patrick made freshman year, and I believe it is true. Okay, Pete Rose is not in. Pete Rose is a jerk. Okay, Poppy's a great guy. I love him. He's done tremendous things, and and I also think, in fact, the guy, uh, you know, went through a life battle a couple years ago. He came all the way back. The city loves him. Boston loves him. We need one thing in baseball, and that's consistency. And if you don't have consistency, I don't really care about a man's character. I don't. We've had some of the worst people ever. Kennesaw Mountain Landis is in the Hall of Fame. The guy's a horrible man. The guy was a horrible person. You know, the guy was a... a, it, a, a, it, a it comes a, down to... Yes, Logan. I wanted to say something. He's racist. Kinda, um, and he's in had, the Hall of Fame. We had this discussion... Character um, doesn't matter. ...when we were eating lunch a couple days ago. And I said that... The point of a Hall of Fame in a lot of cases is to kind of, and I'll let you um, give the idea that you told me, but the Hall of Fame is kind of a way to tell the history of a sport. And I yeah. feel like if you're, you know, obviously you're not going to want to put cheaters in the Hall of Fame. I get that 100%. But when you're telling the history of the sport, like that stuff is important. And you brought up a really, um, a idea I thought was really good to kind of get around that. But I just wanted to bring up that I feel like that's kind of what the defenses for if you were to put those guys in there. Like, it's telling the history of the sport. Maybe put it with an asterisk, but it's that's what the Hall of Fame is meant to do. Here's here's my idea, and this will be the last thing we do before we send it off to break. You here's what you, you have a certain section of the Hall of Fame, because every team, you know, there's decades, and I've been yeah. to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Really cool. I recommend, even if you're not a big baseball fan, to go on and see it. It's one of the coolest things you'll ever see. And what I think they should do is have a section off and say, the 90s were the steroid era, 90s, early 2000s. Here are the players that were most, that were the best of that era, and you don't put them in the hall, but you put them in their own separate area because yeah. they're cheaters, but it was the time period. It was all about bigger and better, and the, the league was, you know what? Contrary to belief, the league was kind of pushing for it because they were struggling with viewership. They had the lockout in 94. All this stuff had to happen, and steroids pretty much saved the sport. You have a section dedicated to it. That's what I think it should be. And Mitch on that report, note, the Mitch report was huge, but I will just say this. I don't think any guy like that deserves to walk in the footsteps of Babe Ruth. No. I don't. That's why there should be their own section for it. That's what the league should do. On that note, we're going to take a short break. We come back. Our signature segment, the final word. Matt Corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Well, you know you make me wanna When you hear that, it means one thing. Time for our signature segment, the final word, right? Talk about a weird sports story. Michael picks the hero of the week, and Logan starts your work day off with a nice, feel-good story. So, without further ado, as usual, I'm going to go first. If you look past the last three years of this show, you will know what kind of sports stories I do. 
The very first one was the Bricklayer 500, a competition to see who can lay the most bricks in a time period. If you remember that, that was quite the weird story that I found at 11 o'clock at night preparing for the show the night before. So... With that said, this week I'm going back to my roots. I'm taking a break from my gauntlet run of odd sports to talk about a weird sports story that actually happened last night, courtesy of my older brother, Connor. Shout out. This week, we are staying in the great United States of America and heading to the Northeast to the world of college basketball. The location, Towson, Maryland. Never heard of the team. Last night, the Towson Tigers were hosting the Delaware Blue Hens in the Colonial Conference matchup. At the half, Delaware held a 10-point lead. However... There is a catch and an important thing you must, this is something you got to keep note of. Throughout the first half, numerous players fell during the game. <laughs> this is important. The game continued on as usual until just over one minute into the second half when Delaware, Delaware guard Jameer Nelson Jr. slipped, causing a stoppage in play. This led to the refs starting to talk. Then the unthinkable happened. The refs decided to suspend play due to, quote, unsafe conditions. What that means is, quite simply, the floor was too slippery for flight. <laughs> mm. So I have a quote here I want to read. This is from ESPN. And it was Towson coach Pat Scary said this, along with uh, Jameer Nelson. They both said, Jameer Nelson says, I never thought we'd walk, over, walk down after, no, excuse me, this is, let me misquote here. Delaware coach Martin Inglesbury said, I never thought we'd walk down after halftime and officials would bring us forward and talk about, hey, if somebody else falls, we're going to have to suspend the game. And the coach of Towson said, I just told our team, if you stay in this long enough, you end up seeing anything. I will tell you for the record, I have seen this before. I was an assistant at College of Charleston when we played Auburn in Charleston Coliseum, and guys were falling on the floor, and they pulled the plug. Oh, my God. A makeup date is yet to announce, and the game was suspended with Delaware leading 38-29. to That's insane. And this has happened in the pros as well in 2020, I believe in 2015. I think it might have been the Suns and Warriors that was that was canceled due to a slippery court. But, hey, you stick around long enough, just like Scary said, you'll end up seeing anything. That is amazing. That is one of the best stories I think you've had. Uh, well, I'm going to make this really quick here. So not a lot of coaches are wearing suits on the sideline in college basketball this season, but that's about to change here in the Big Four. Uh, coaches in that division are deciding to participate in the Coaches versus Cancer event. It's actually called Suits and Sneakers, which is kind of hilarious because a lot of them wear like nice shoes with the suits, but they actually wear sneakers uh, with their suits, so it's pretty cool. And so this school, College Basketball St. Bonaventure's coaches participate in the Suits and Sneakers event on Wednesday at George Mason, and all the other staff are doing the same thing as well, and they're going to be wearing quarter-zip pullovers and sneakers uh, to promote cancer awareness. So all my guys out there that are doing that, they're my heroes of the week. Thank you for keeping uh, ca uh, those cancer patients and those people suffering in the back of your minds and going back to the old suits. I think you'd like to see that again, but it's for a good cause. So Yeah, it's always nice to see coaches wearing suits and oh, yeah. obviously for a great cause. So my final word story this week, we talked about it a couple times earlier in the show. I have this lo um, love for NFL kickers. Kickers in the NFL, we discovered this early this season where I just kind of have fixated on like certain kickers and stuff. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about Evan McPherson, kicker of the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a fifth round pick out of Florida and he kicked the game winning field goal in the divisional round against the Titans. He had three game winning field goals in the regular season and this one in the playoffs. He was 84.8%. 
this season from um, for field goals and had his longest from 58. And I just wanted to play a quick clip from Burrow's post-game presser and what he said about his kicker, Evan McPherson. Oh, that guy's unbelievable. He said, so he was talking to Brandon as he was going out to kick. He gave a little warm-up swing, and he said, ah, oh, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship right before he went out there to kick it. And So that was Joe Burrow talking about Evan McPherson talking to Brandon Allen, the backup quarterback. And just that kind of confidence that exudes off of him is something that you love to see, even if it wasn't him saying it directly. It's just it's something that you... They really like to see, and he was given a new nickname um, earlier this month at some point. Um, Shooter McPherson was the nickname, and he had a quote about it. He said, that's actually something that just came up in January. Kevin was telling me, I assume he's talking about Kevin Huber here, there, who's the punter, but he said, Kevin was telling me that as we were leaving the stadium, he's like, Clark came up with a new nickname for you. And I was like, really, what is it? And he was like, Shooter McPherson instead of Shooter McGavin. And I was like, ah, that's pretty funny. We just talked about it, and... On the, there's a page break in my notes here. And I kind of came up with kickoff for show and field goals for doe instead of drive for show and putt my for doe. So Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, he is Shooter McPherson and kickoffs for show and field goals for doe. So I just, I, I loved the story of Evan McPherson. And, you know, obviously you love a guy who was drafted late and kind of comes on and turns into a star. And I think he's a prime example of that. Yeah. And then he said that and then he drained it. He drained the field goal. He did. He had confidence that he was going to make it, and he drained it. He said himself that if you want to make claims like that, you have to back it up, and he did exactly that. Yeah. All right, with that, that is the end of Season 7, Episode 1 of The Hot Corner. Make sure to follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Harrion, Logan at Living Like Logan, and Michael at Imami Michael. Also, make sure to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. Hope you have a wonderful Friday, and we will see you next week. Same place, same time. So until then, it's been Hot Corner, signing off. And she's watching with those eyes. And she's loving